You're listening to Green Biz Radio, the voice of GreenBiz.com, bringing you news and analysis on business, the environment, and the bottom line. This podcast is the first in a three-part series on the greening of food service, sponsored by Sodexo. At the National Geographic Society's headquarters in Washington, D.C., as many as 1,000 people per day eat in the dining center, the majority of the Society's staff. GreenBiz.com's executive editor, Joel McCower, recently spoke with executive chef Brian Horn about what goes on behind the scenes at the National Geographic Society. Brian, let's start with uh, telling me a little bit about what National Geographic Society has done so far to green its food service. Um, National Geographic Society's whole passion and vision is to save the environment, help the environment, and to keep the environment intact for future generations. And to that end, they have asked us as a food service contractor to do everything in our power to get to that point. The first step that we took was we now only have one item of all of our to-go ware that we use in our facility that is not either compostable or readily recyclable, and that is our plastic cutlery. Um, other than that, we have replaced everything with either bagasse-based or corn-based products. All of our paper goods, such as napkins, are at least second-generation recycled. Um, pretty much everything has been replaced to a environmentally friendly standard. As for food itself, about a year and a half ago, National Geographic asked us to help them to attain their platinum lead certification. They currently have gold. And to that end, they've asked us as a food service vendor to bring all of our food service purchases to 25% meeting the lead guidelines, which would be Rainforest Alliance certified, Food Alliance certified, Protected Harvest certified, um, produced within 100 miles of the facility, Marine Stewardship Council certified, or meeting the USDA organic standards. We are about a year and a half in, um, and we've gotten our purchases to basically be between 17 and 21%. We have a couple of more years before we go through the actual auditing process, uh, but we're working our way towards that end. I imagine this requires a lot of coordination with suppliers, staff, and others. How much of a challenge is that? I think the biggest challenge, to be honest, is that while in theory there's a great demand for these products, um, a lot of times when a business sits down and looks at the realization of cost behind some of them, it makes them back off a little bit. And then we have a supply and demand sort of an issue where your vendors don't know if they're going to have enough movement on a product to carry it readily, and then someone like myself who's using it readily and who has a client whose passion is nothing but this and the cost they understand and the cost ramifications they're willing to accept, finds it, it becomes hard sometimes to source out these products because you find a good source with a good product at a reasonable cost, but they're out of stock at times. And when they're out of stock, it creates a void for us in order to give our guests what they need. I think that's probably the biggest challenge. What are some of the things that have been fairly easy in terms of the cost and the availability? Mostly um, products such as organics, um, fair trade, um, rainforest alliant, and food that's within 100 miles of where we are. We have a lot of local bakeries here in the D.C. area that we can use to get that credit. Um, our produce vendor is great at sourcing out local farms for us to use. 
um, anything along those lines. We have a couple of great vendors um, who do organics and natural foods. And with the LEED certification, if we can find foods that are both organic and fair trade or fair trade and rainforest, we actually get two credits for each of those. So those are the easiest things. Like I said, the hardest things are the manufactured goods. Um, again, mostly the to-go containers, things along those lines. And that's just because they're made in such small uh, numbers and they're just not as, as readily available on the, at the quantities at which you use them? I find it's cyclical. What ends up happening is at the beginning of a fiscal year for companies, they get really into the idea of being green. At the beginning of a budget, nobody's behind or ahead on their budget, so they make a push to go towards the greening of their company. And then what ends up happening is orders from a bunch of different people start coming into these manufacturers and they gear up to produce and they're thinking, wow, you know, we might actually be able to hold on to this product because we do have a big calling for it. Then as the year progresses, especially in the economy we have now, people find they're either behind their budgets or they're not quite meeting where they wanted to be. And a lot of times the thing that gets cut would be a lot of the green programs for a lot of companies that really are not passionate about it. Then what ends up happening is manufacturers who are producing it see a decline in their green products, so they take their entire production line and they'll shift it over back to maybe the not-so-earth-friendly products such as, you know, the number six plastics, things along those lines, because obviously people are still demanding those. And then when someone like myself comes along who uses them um, a lot and every day, sometimes there's that gap between the time when the production line can be switched back over to the um, sustainable manufacturing and when we get the product. And meanwhile, you're sitting there waiting for it to come so that you've got a supply-demand gap. It, but it, having said all this, is going green today easier when, when it comes to food service than it was uh, a few years ago? Absolutely. I've, I've been part of companies going green for about the last six or seven years. And about six or seven years ago, if I had asked a vendor about Bagasse, they would have looked at me like I was speaking another language, basically. There were a few who knew about it, a few who were, you know, thinking about doing it. But now I have five or six vendors who at least carry some form of an ecologically friendly um, product. Catalogs in the past, you wouldn't even have had maybe a half of a page devoted to it. Now some of your mainline vendors will have entire sections devoted to it, 10, 12, 15 pages. And they've also, I've noticed, brought down the amount of, items you have to purchase through them. You know, in the past it might have been we had to move 40 cases a month, and now it might be coming down to 16 or 18. So I think it's moving in the right direction. It's still that gap between realistic expectations of what it's going to cost and then what it ends up costing if you want to go fully green. Mm -hmm. And bagasse is a fiber material, just for people who don't know, that uh, made that remains after sugar cane or some other sorghum stalks are crushed to extract their juice. Correct. And, and that's used for what? We use it for everything here that is to go. We have three compartment containers for people who are taking their dinners to go, uh, smaller containers for people that are taking their dinners to go, anything that we use to use styrofoam for things to leave um, the premises, we now use the bagasse. Mm -hmm. So what are a couple of things that you've learned along the way that could be helpful to others who are just starting down this path? To be realistic um, with your client, to let them know not only cost impact, which is very easy for them to understand, but to understand other impacts, and I'll give you an example. Um, if you want to go fully sustainable on seafood, um, there are a number of different outlets out there who will give you their idea of sustainability, but it doesn't always mesh one group to another. And what ends up happening sometimes if you're really passionate and you make this 
your whole goal, you may have to turn around and say to some groups, I apologize, but we can't offer shrimp at this time because we believe in the sustainability of our oceans, and unfortunately we cannot get sustainable shrimp at this time, depending on how big of a company you're with, the contracts you have, liabilities behind those contracts, because some smaller fisheries that may have a sustainable product may not have the required um, food safety programs and or um, necessary liability insurance, if you will, for what your company wants to do. Hmm. Interesting. So finally, uh how do you measure success? Is it measured in lead points, or is there some other metric? I use actually a couple of things. Um, obviously, our percentage of sales is what my client has asked me for. But here at National Geographic, our, the easiest way I can tell is by feedback from our clients. We have, again, a population um, of a little over 1,000 people who every single one of them just about is passionate about one aspect of the sustainability part of what we're doing. And if I have a day where I get compliments from people saying that I am really helping the environment, even if it's just from as simple a thing as, you know, getting green beans from a farm that's only 45 miles away as opposed to somewhere in, you know, the Midwest or um, out west further, that's how I measure it here. It, it's, it's really their passion. It's really what they care about. And, and you can really measure it by both your sales, if the sales are going up because people are making the conscious choice to come to your cafe based on the philosophy of sustainability or if they're going elsewhere. And also, obviously, as we go towards the Leeds Platinum Certification, the fact that our purchases are slowly increasing to um, where we need them to be. But conversely, last year was the first year we really went through this, and we were actually able to generate um, – a below-budgeted food cost, which was really, to me, um, a metric that showed it can be done. It took a lot of work just to track down and find sources and all of those things. But at the end of the year, we actually were better in our food costs than when we were not as sustainable the year before. Terrific. Brian, thank you very much. You're very welcome. You've been listening to Green Biz Radio. For the latest daily news on business, the environment, and the bottom line, and to sign up for our free newsletters, visit greenbiz.com.